Our text is from Exodus chapter 34. These words, and when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, often forgotten, often forgotten is the fact that once Moses had spoken with God, once Moses had spoken with God there on Mount Sinai, the skin of his face, of Moses' face, shone. And the skin of the face of Moses shone so much that the people of Israel, the children of Israel, were frightened to go near to him, to go near to Moses. Moses, therefore, began to wear a veil. And Moses would wear that veil over his face for the next 39 years. 39 years. That is, until the day he died. He would, that is, Moses. Moses would take off the veil only when he went into the tent of meeting to speak with God. And then when he would come out of the tent of meeting to speak with the children of Israel, the words that God had spoken to him. That's what it says there, right, in our Old Testament reading. And when he, that is Moses, came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, that is by God, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining. So summing up, we could say that as Moses walked among the children of Israel for 39 years wearing a veil... Moses walked among them as one in whom the glory of God was covered. The glory was not seen. The glory was not comprehended because it was veiled. Now, the same thing could be said about Jesus. Yes, the miracles of Jesus like that, of turning water into wine, revealed his glory but it was first on the Mount of Transfiguration where the true glory of Jesus, the Son of the living God, was revealed to the apostles, to Peter, James, and John. There, as John would later write, on that mountain, Peter and James and John, they beheld the glory of Christ. Glory as the only begotten Son of the Father. The face of Jesus shining like the sun. His clothing becoming white as light. But Jesus did not remain that way, did he? That is, once the voice from the cloud was heard, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Or listen to him. Yes, once the voice was heard and the disciples were touched by Jesus and they looked up, everything was back to normal. The veil was back in place, we could say. And this should cause us to think, should it? It should cause us to think. Because we do sometimes, in fact, like to think that Jesus, as he walked the earth, was recognized to be the very Son of God just by the way he looked, by his appearance. That somehow Jesus radiated something. Somehow Jesus looked different. Somehow Jesus looked 
better. Somehow Jesus looked more enlightened than everyone else. We've all seen pictures, paintings actually, of Jesus with the halo, with the halo above his head, symbolizing such holiness. But in reality, in reality, when people at that time looked at Jesus, they saw someone who looked, who looked just like everyone else. Just like everyone else. So the need for Judas to identify Jesus for those who came out to arrest him on the night he was betrayed. And Judas identified Jesus by kissing him. Now why did Judas need to kiss Jesus? Well, because Jesus looked like, just like, all the rest of the other disciples standing there in the garden that evening. We can think here also of the brothers of Jesus in the Gospel of John, goading him to go up to Jerusalem and do great things there because at that time his brothers were yet to believe in him. Why? Why did Jesus' brothers not believe in him at that time? Well, obviously it's because Jesus didn't look to be any different than any other young man there in Nazareth. And yet Jesus was the very Son of God, veiled, veiled by his flesh, as we sing in the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Right? We sing it in that hymn. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. None other than very God, covered in human flesh. Jesus, whose face shone like the sun, whose clothes were white as light there on the Mount of Transfiguration, who willingly, who willingly would then go up to Jerusalem and would offer himself to the Father as a sacrifice. It's an appropriate sacrifice, an all-availing sacrifice for us, for our sin. Why? So that the flesh that veiled who he truly was could be transfigured forever, not just for a moment. Also like that which Moses experienced, that, that which the Apostle Peter, James, and John witnessed on the Mount of Transfiguration. For in order for our flesh, the flesh of each and every one of us who believe in Jesus as our Savior, in order for our flesh also to shine like the sun, it must be connected somehow with the flesh of Christ itself. That is our flesh, redeemed from sin and from death, from the devil through the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That, of course, that connection occurs in our baptisms. Our baptisms into Christ. As we read in Romans 6, we're baptized into the death of Christ, and we're baptized into his resurrection. Our flesh itself, through faith, being connected with the transfigured and resurrected flesh of Jesus. Same thing occurs when we take part in the Lord's Supper. For there in the Lord's Supper we receive sacramentally the resurrected and transfigured body and blood of Jesus Christ. And what does that mean? What does that mean but that when Christ appears on the last day, we too will experience transfiguration. So the Apostle John would write, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. 
And it's in his explanation of the parable of the wheat and tares that Jesus himself tells us that once those who have rejected him are gathered together on the last day and condemned to eternal fire, then the righteous will shine like the sun, Jesus says. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Now, that is our future. That's our future, and it's a wondrous future, a future in which sins forgiven through faith in Christ we too in the resurrection will be transfigured. Wow. But what about now? What about now? What do we do with this now? Well, earlier I noted that the appearance of Christ normally was no different from that of the people around him back in his day when he was seen visibly on the earth. So why then did Christ ultimately stick out? Why did he stick out in society? Why did he grab attention Well, it wasn't because of his appearance, but it was because of his works and his words. His works and his words. You see, the temptation for us, then, is the idea that being in the world looking like the world, not glowing, not shining, not transfigured yet, we also need not do anything different, not say anything different than those around us. In fact, in order not to look any different or uh, different than the world around us, we endeavor to be just like everyone and to speak just like everyone. Well, how do I put this? Hmm. Well, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. It's just participating in sin and unrighteousness. For you see, the light, the new man within us that is to be revealed on the last day does in fact shine in this world and the new man shines just like our Savior in the everyday and that is with our work and with our words. For our works are those of our Savior Jesus and our words are those of our Savior Jesus and thus we we are indeed lights to the world as he was and continues to be through us. So the Apostle Paul writing to the Philippians, the word of the Holy Spirit, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish. Now listen up. In the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine, you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. How then do we shine within this world? How are we lights to the world? By holding fast to the word of life, the gospel of the forgiveness of sin, life and salvation that is only a reality to be experienced through faith in that same Jesus. We hold fast to that word of life. We speak that word of life. We do that word of life. That is, we live that word of life. An old song we used to sing around the campfire in the mountains, an old song we used to sing out west, had the chorus sung repeatedly, and they'll know we're Christians by our love, by our love. They'll know we are Christians by our love. That's the idea here. We're lights to the world. We stick out by sticking with the word of truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and living that world daily in what we say and do, even though we don't look any different than those who are around us. My junior year in college, a bunch of guys in my dorm 
uh, were throwing a ball, throwing a ball around our central area, a central area in the dorm that had a, a balcony running around the second floor in front of the rooms there. I think they were playing dodgeball or something. Well, one of the guys trying to throw the ball from the second balcony, well, he lost his footing and he fell over the rail. He fell over the rail of the balcony. He landed on the cement floor below, right on the steps below, instantly fracturing both of his arms. I was in my room and I came out because all the shouting and laughing had suddenly stopped. And I came out, and all those who were playing had disappeared. And there he was, lying on the floor. And I froze, but then I thought, what can I do? Well, I went and called 911. That was back before cell phones, and we only had one phone for the entire dorm. Those were the days. But then I turned, and I saw that he was being helped there on the floor. He was being helped. New guy, bottom floor, had come out of his room. New guy that nobody knew. He had come out too when everything had suddenly stopped. And he did everything needed for the person on the floor until the ambulance arrived. I was amazed and I was thankful. So many froze, doing nothing, saying nothing. He did something. He said something. Hmm. That's sort of the idea here. The idea of the light within us, the light of Christ that shines in this world through our actions and through our speech. And the light that will shine when we ourselves are transfigured on the last day. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.